Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk Special, The Haunting of Hill House After Show. On a normal episode of the podcast, we would review and discuss one horror film in great detail. But for this series of 10 episodes, we will be having an opinionated and accidentally funny, hopefully, discussion on each episode of The Haunting of Hill House. Your expert hosts each week are the man who sits across from me, Dr. Bryce Hanson! <laughs> Who, who holds a PhD in spookology, and me, Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. So, with no further ado, The Haunting of Hill House After Show with Horror Movie Talk. We've got a great show for you today. This is actually going to be, I think, a pretty short episode, because this is about episode eight, Witness Marks. Um, I do love the uh, kind of the premise for the title of this of this episode which we will get into in a little bit this episode marks the beginning of the end of the series i think that's kind of fair to say Uh, luke has officially gone missing taken shirley's credit card and dipped out and theo's car and theo's car jeep um we this is exclusively i mean aside from the flashbacks to the past this is shot in halloween and uh while Steve and Hugh try to go out and find where Luke has gone with his stolen money and stolen car, Theo and Shirley are at the mortuary dealing with some nefarious goings on. Um, so thanks again for listening and let's get into spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. So, uh, this episode... So, this is a really straightforward episode, like I was saying before. It's it's basically... The the premise is... Let's let's very directly rehash the past in the Mm -hmm. present. Let's talk about what happened in the past and the present. And the two conversations going on are, of course, between Steve and his dad, Hugh, and uh, Theo and her sister, Shirley. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty Stephen-focused episode. The first the first episode yeah. was Stephen-focused, but it was Stephen in the present. Right. Ta- and showing him his success today. And this one is really telling, like, kind of. what Stephen's experience as a kid was that we kind of have seen in bits and pieces. But not only that, the flip side of his success as an adult, like right. his, his failings. Right. Which are, are significant and embarrassing to This him. is, yeah. This is the episode where we see... Like, oh, Stephen is kind of a piece of shit. Like, just re- I'm sorry, he That's is so rude. Can you can you imagine doing a worse thing to someone that yeah. Stephen did to his wife? Yeah, that's pretty rough. It is horrifying. The yeah. idea of knowing that someone wanted to have kids and you entered into marriage. You went through seeing some parallels an engagement. My own life. You went, <laughs> you went through, you know, courtship, lies, engagement, yeah. marriage, mm. and years of marriage and talking about children. Wow, this is all—it's oh, really coming into laser focus for me here in my own life. I, and then, and then you're just like, well, never came up. Yeah, I just got kind of locked in. Like I can't. That is yeah, so, the shittiest thing. Of like, course, we're skipping ahead here, and what we're talking about is 
Right out of high school, Stephen got a vasectomy. And he's impotent on, you know, on his own choice. And he never told his wife, who yeah. wants kids, he that felt his, the whole time. He felt that his bloodline was so tainted that he didn't want to bring in people into the world, which sounds suspect to me. It felt more like maybe just didn't want to have kids <laughs> what what a base that's a baseless that it's clearly that i mean his whole motivation through this whole show has been to tell everyone how fucked in the head they are right to be like your genes are messed up mine are messed up we got to be on constant alert to keep our minds straight or else we're going to be haunted by the ghosts that killed our mother yeah so and that show it opens up with them in like the fertility appointment mhm and and he's like completely checked out and he's seeing, you know, his mom's ghost through the I think frosted window. Is it his mom's ghost or is I think it's Nell. I think he sees Nell. Yeah, it was a red dress. I, I think it, maybe it was Nell. Maybe because Nell is seen it. Once it got real close, dress. it looked like Nell's face. But yeah, I can see how. I mean, it looked like a woman through really weird glass. Yeah. So he's checked out. And I wonder what that uh, conversation went through after he had his motility test. Motility. Look at you. What the, what a, well, it's the, you've never had a sperm sample taken? Uh, I don't think so. I'm about to give one <clears throat> following, you know, so I just had a vasectomy uh -huh. and, uh, and you gotta, you gotta shoot 25 thick ropey loads. Uh, and then you gotta give a sample to see how, how good your troops are uh, uh -huh. following that. So I'm about to give my first. Man, I'll tell you what. Mm. All right, aside people. I mean, this is for people not for people new to horror movie talk. Prepare to be offended. Mm. We're going to talk about bodily functions. Yeah, and it's going to be the male. Like 50% mm -hmm. of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be it's going to be a rough time We're for you. We're alienating 50% of the world. Um so yeah, there's that is one of the most stressful experiences. Not mm. really the most stressful, but what? surprisingly stressful what? is getting a sperm sample because they're like, okay, you got to jizz in this cup. Mm. It has to make it back to the doctor within like 40 minutes. So it's like after you after you come after you come. So and it's got to be like you can't touch the cup. You got to, you know, clean off your your stuff, which is like, sure, but like it's a lot of strange rules while you're trying to come. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm I'm about there, but uh oh, did I did I touch the side of this cup? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, you can't touch the side of the cup. No, what? Because it'll taint it, the inside of the cup, mm -hmm. or wherever. I mean, you just don't gotta not touch the inside. They give you some rules, and then wow, they just sent me home with a bottle. <laughs> if you live like 20 minutes away from the hospital or whatever, and like. <laughs> And there's and there's a line. You're like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> like you're doing the math in your head, and you're like, I can't, I can't do this at home and and fully know that I'm going to get there in time. What was the circumstance where you had to give a motility uh, test? Oh, we were, I think we were, had been trying to get pregnant and pregante. I can't even remember if we were having that hard of a time or anything, but I, there was always a lot of fear around can we have kids, and it was un unfounded completely but both our mothers have had difficulty having kids and so it's like kind of a innate fear i guess i am pregnant to last five weeks so can i start sex and i can't remember the circumstance but anyways they needed a they wanted a sperm sample so i gave it to them and what happened was i had to do it in the hospital and that's horrible too 
masturbating in a in a public stall. Oh, dude! I, are you, are you I kidding mean, me? not that I haven't, but I mean, it's like it's it a wasn't weird, your proudest wank. It's a weird pressure. I mean, it's usually in a in a restroom that you have like a good sense of. You're like, okay, like I've been in here before. I know that like the frequency in which people are coming in here at certain times. Yeah, like, did you have somebody standing outside the door or something like that? Be no. Like, There's a guy jerking off inside. Don't go in there. <laughs> but also knowing that you're like within minutes, you're going to be handing off this cup with jizz in it to some got, nurse. That, you got to like, wink when you hand it off. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you just did. Like yeah, My dirty business. <laughs> it would not bother me. But anyways, he's got to do that and then hand this cup over that he knows has absolutely zero sperm in it. Mm, he's been found out. And that never comes up. That was never addressed. Yeah, which is probably for the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um so as I said, Luke has left and uh, and they've gone to look for him. Uh, Steve with his dad have gone to to look for for Luke. And um and this is the episode where well, there's a few episodes where young Steve is being is just dying for stuff to do with his dad. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, let me help. Let me help. Let me help. Let me help. And, um, and this is the one where he was told to unplug the fan. <laughs> I didn't get how this injury happened. Um, no, this was before that, that happened before. I think that was in my episode. Oh, the one Wasn't where, it? where Hugh got cut. Maybe, they, maybe I'm not remembering. They're all I'm running sorry, I'm together. Sorry. Yeah. They're all running together for me. Um, and uh, so, l listeners, if uh, if we are incorrect about something, we're only human, yeah. and we are very embarrassed about and it's being wrong. Okay, yeah, it's, it's you don't have to let us. You don't have to give us a one star review to let us know that you know that we're wrong. <laughs> we know that we're wrong. You can just let us be wrong. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, so you didn't pay for it. So <laughs> I don't get how this injury happened. In any event, I want to talk about this injury to Hugh because. He reaches his hand into a fan that's running full blast. He can see that it hasn't stopped. Well, he's looking off. He's looking off into the middle distance because he's like, the house is making him hallucinate kind of ah, thing. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he gets that cut. Man, my dad is the master of traumatic laceration injuries. Mm. Um, I've seen gushing blood come out of this man Ooh. multiple times. Well, I've seen uh, my so nuts he, just sucked into my body. So then. he's um, he's an arborist, and so he uses a lot of saws and stuff. And these, even the little hand saws, are just remarkably sharp. And uh, and one time he was cutting through a branch, and he came down on the inside of his wrist and almost severed all of his tendons to his fingers. Um, blood just rocketing out of him. I mean, this man. <sighs> Uh, has suffered a lot of injuries, so I immediately, once I saw Hugh's injury, I was like, that's that's bullshit, wiener stuff. <laughs> this, this man does not know injury. Um, but he handled it like a pro, so whatever. Anyway, so um, my dad's stronger than your dad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and I kind of like what's going on in the car between Steve and his dad. Steve is so jaded and angry at the world. And his dad's like, man, I really feel sorry for you. And like, you know, I mean, and trying to kind of like give his, his son, Steve, like a point of like everything, like, you know, life can be good. Like, and you can have a good relationship with your wife. And I really wish that for you. And like. And like, um, he tells that touching story in the car about, um, 
be kind of being on a team with his mom, you mm-hmm. know, like being like we were a team and, you know, she, she was one side and I was the other, she was kind of untethered and I was what tethered her. And we both needed, needed each other to kind of balance out in the middle. Right. This is, and this is, there was a reveal that basically they had a split that Stephen didn't remember because he was just a baby. Yeah. And this is kind of like a, a really common thing for people that are married for a long time. Like, I think it's way more common than people realize. What's like that? Having, having a split and then coming back together. Mm. I think that's, I mean, my parents had that. Maybe, maybe I'm just biased because it happened to my parents. My parents. Yeah. It happened to my parents. And, um. Like it's uh something that happens in 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 your kid's childhood sometimes and it's, it's rem- confusing. It's remarkably hard to be around the same person for you know, for your whole life. I right. mean, there's bound to be a disagreement big enough to at least make you want to have some space. Yeah. Right. Um during that time. So I mean we we have disagreements between us and we're only in here for like couple hours a week yeah exactly well there's a little bit of a different dynamic there you know two two dudes less agreeable than a a dude and a woman well yeah and and you don't suck my dick so there's kind of like just a baseline i didn't know the offer was out love uh so i mean yeah living with someone for an extended amount of time yeah you just stuff will bother you that's not going to change yeah and and that has happened continue not changing that is happening while it still bothers you more and more <laughs> in steven's life uh because you know he he tells his dad yeah we're we're split up i got a vasectomy when i was 18 and his dad's like whoa oh, yeah his dad's reaction what to that was fuck? like wow that is i feel that's sorry rough. for you son it's like and it's and you know honestly that's it's kind of weird to say that like it's one of the most horrible things to do to a person but also um if you get divorced because of it at least there's no kids oh yeah yeah that's true i mean they both can move on and be completely strings unattached after that point yeah uh, to the extent that that that's uh, able you know to the yeah. extent that you're able to you know walk away with some from someone who you've spent a lot of your life with but yeah. um but yeah that's that's actually a good point um doesn't make it any better but no. it does take some of the back end responsibility away right yeah which is like now we've made things miserable for a third person who's blameless in this whole right. thing and yeah that's just irresponsible and cruel yeah um so i guess bravo on the back end steve <laughs> <laughs> um so so we get a little bit closer. Oh man, the Halloween moment at the mortuary is yeah, the ding dong ditch. Oh my god, this is so. This is the this is the most effective scare in the whole thing for me. Um, and the other most effective scare yes. in this thing for me. Um, so the the when they're when Theo and Shirley are in the mortuary, um, or whatever you call it, the funeral mm-hmm. home or whatever it is. And somebody keeps ringing the doorbell and then knocking on the door. And knocking everywhere. <sighs> like the whole house is shaking. Yeah. I get chills just thinking about it. It's yeah. so effective. And Can it's... you imagine being more helpless and like confused to where you're like, this is never going to stop. I'm <sighs> going to go insane. Oh my God, dude. I'm, I'm alarmed. I am alarmed. And then Theo's explanation of, of what happened with Shirley's husband. 
Yeah. Is okay. Yeah. Another one of those great monologues. So, so not only a great monologue, but I really, really, okay. I have uh, a personal story that allows me to have great, um, empathy or sympathy or like I relate to her story of this darkness, um, just kind of enveloping her. She is. So she says, I touched now and now, and then my power, you know, the thing that allows me to feel Mm -hmm. stuff just went numb. It just went dead. I couldn't feel anything. And I was being swallowed by the nothing like in the never ending story. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and it was awful. And then, you know, in this closet, I'm kind of drunk, the lights go out and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, is this what being dead is like? Just con- just a never ending constant flow of nothing. And, uh, and so my first experience getting high with marijuana, uh, was, so I had for many years watched severe potheads. I, all my best friends were, were big stoners, uh, take these big rips, um, from pipes or bongs or whatever. And, and so I thought the, the way you do this is you take huge, huge rips of marijuana and then, and then, uh, you know, you get high that way. So I did it once and I was real high and I didn't know it yet because I had never been high before. And then I was like, let me hit it again took another hit and I went into the stratosphere. I went into like nothing like time into the sunken place. It Yes, it was. It was the I had a. it turned into a massive panic attack. I know this is going to sound weird, but it felt like I experienced infinity. Mm-hmm. There's no way to explain it other than that. I know that's a very unfulfilling explanation, but you're going to have to deal with it. Otherwise, this is going to be a really long story. Um and then, uh, and then I remember, and then my vision was very choppy. Like I got one frame per second for uh, one frame per every 10 seconds, like, and then it just hung there and I know it wasn't laced with anything. I was just bonkers out of my mind way too high. And in the middle of a massive panic attack, massive, massive panic attack. Um, and uh, and I thought so. Was the panic panic attack brought on? Yes, by the high, or was it the panic attack was probably the... ostensibly brought on by me forgetting to breathe. <laughs> um, like I just I just stopped breathing for a long time, but maintain consciousness mm-hmm. and uh, or I, it's hard to know. Mm. But anyway, so I saw my wife, then girlfriend, maybe walking away from me, and this frame got stuck in my head of her walking away from me, and I was like. Oh, I've, I've gone to hell and this is what it is, is the people who I love the most with their back turned to me, walking away from me forever. Mm. And it was such a low place. And I remember it so vividly and being so, so saturated with dread and, and, and this deep sadness of like, oh, I've. I'll never have happiness again. Like Mm. it will, this is the rest of eternity. And I'm going to be stuck here in this loveless, horrible place, watching the person I most love walk away from Mm. me. And it, uh, it was brutal. So I, so this, this monologue that she gives was just like right on point for me. And, um, and I wonder if other people have, it's like similar relatable feelings because it's this the her monologue was so scary to me that I was just like it was visceral for me. Um but anyway, there's no one there after all the knocking. 
and all that stuff. And that's somehow the worst thing there could possibly be. If there was a serial killer on the other side of the door, at least it would be a serial killer and not mm-hmm. nothing. Right. <clears throat> so this whole time they're trying to track Luke because they know that if he spends any money on the card that they'll be able to be notified where he spent money. Yeah. And so finally he he shows up at a gas station and and he has bought, you know, once they tell their brother and dad, oh, he bought something at this gas station. They're able to surmise, oh, he's heading to Hill House. And once they get to the gas station, they're like, oh, he bought five gallons of gas. So he's in ga- and gallon can. So he's going to go burn the house down. Um, and then the dad kind of gives the um, oh man, I really liked his. Uh, it's such an omin- ominous thing to say. Uh, he said, um, our family is like an unfinished meal to that house. Mm-hmm. He got mom. He's got now, or it's got mom, it's got now, and now it's it's reaching out to the rest of us. And Steve, you're the worst person to go there. Right. She's like, what the heck are you talking about? And then his dad reminds him of the story of him being a little kid that he had recounted. Yeah, because he had read, he had read Stephen's book, and he found like several things in there where right. he's like, you saw ghosts, and you don't realize it at all. Like, you're completely blind to the dangers of the house, basically. Right. You you have no frame of reference, and, you, like, the other ones at least see all the alarming things. Right. You can't even see it. And his story— or when he sees it, he doesn't, he right. doesn't accept it. Right, right. He doesn't accept it, or he doesn't see it for what it is. Yeah, we're shown him seeing things and strange things happening around him, and he's just—explains them away or— or whatever. I mean, he saw Nell and and uh, his mother in the funeral home, and he's like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, you know. Um, and anyways, the the well, title he, of the episode yeah, he was, goes, "This is my illness." Right. The title of the episode is about the story that his dad tells him of, you know, he Witness he read marks. he read in the book of how he walked past a a guy working on the grandfather clock, which is a weird thing to put in a novel, but um, and he said, yeah, there was no. No one ever worked on that grandfather clock. Yeah. Like some guy in overalls with, you know, a, handlebar. with a handlebar mustache. It's like, no. The, what, when someone works on a grandfather clock or you have a grandfather clock that's been worked on over you know hundreds of years or whatever, um, you don't always have a record of what's been done with it. So you have to look at the scrapes and scratches on the inside of the clock to see what work has been done yeah. and to kind of deduce. And those marks are called witness marks. And he's he's basically talks about how, you know, there's these it's it's drawing. It doesn't um, explicitly draw a parallel. But really what you mean, what the parallel you're trying to draw is the ghosts in this house are the witness marks right. of like what's happened in the house and showing you like, you know, that's basically what haunting is, is showing the the uh, the past, the after the effects. Yeah. Yeah, the pl- the past of the place and the people that inhabited it at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't uh, I did not draw that that parallel necessarily. That's um, that's really interesting. So um, so let's see here. Uh, oh, he also says, "I never built you kids a treehouse." Yeah, and yeah, that's like, starting. <gasps> oh, yeah, you're starting to like discover more about like. Wait a minute, there's like rooms in this house to where they don't really exist. Yeah. Like, I don't know if before 
this episode there was ever a thing where I think in the next episode um that alludes Liv, to the- Liv talks about like I'm going to go to my reading room and one of the kids is like reading room. Yeah, yeah. Um but this is like the first real evidence of like there was never a treehouse. Right. Like I we were there a couple months to flip it. Why would I build my children a treehouse? Yeah. I had enough stuff to do. Like isn't that on the surface not making any sense whatsoever to you? Like you can we'll go to the house and you'll see there's no treehouse. And yeah. Steven's like uh so it's another like piece of evidence of like yeah he doesn't he doesn't realize at all yeah. what he's seeing and i think he's been in the treehouse yeah like oh he, yeah he yeah. was he went it and was, got luke from the treehouse the only people who are, i can ever recall being in the treehouse was steve and luke right <clears throat> like two or three times um why i can't recall the reason for um, Shirley and Theo driving in the car. Are they heading to the house as well? So what happens is after the um, the funeral home gets like basically attacked from all sides by ghosts, um, it stops and they're kind of looking at each other. And then her phone rings and it's the bank telling her Luke has used the card. And it's um, it's at this gas station in the certain city and he, mm-hmm. they call and they all understand that this gas station is on the way to Hill yeah. House. Yeah. And so they both get in the car and, and start driving towards Hill House. And as they're driving, they're having like a, they're having a big, big fight. old argument about This is the <sighs> most frightening jump scare in the. <laughs> because it comes completely out of left field. Oh my God, it's so great. It's. Because they're. It's like the pinnacle of their fight. They're screaming at each other about like whatever and they're like in this huge fight and then all of a sudden just <laughs> just Nell's face shoots Riots. out from the back of the of the car and just is screaming and then they veer off the road and have little filmmakers and people who want to become filmmakers take notes yeah this is how you do a jump scare you don't you don't build tension in a predictable way. Right. You do it in an unpredictable way. You right. have a bunch of fight. Uh, you know, in this case, they built this big fight. There's a bunch of tension between the two characters, uh-huh. and you're invested in it emotionally. Mm-hmm. You're not invested in it because it could potentially be spooky. You're invested in this scene because it's so rapturing. It's so interesting, and it's so visceral. And then, bang, from left field comes the actual scare. Yeah. Wow. Just the be- the best scare I've ever seen. I I was like almost hyperventilating for a couple minutes after that. I was just like I know. Yeah. It was I was like it, that was the night that I had the headphones on and I was like watching very closely, Ooh. fully invested and I was just like holy shit. I was so surprised wow. at my reaction and how like much my heartbeat yeah, went through the roof. It was uh it was alarming. Yeah. So um so yeah, that that was spectacular. And then of course we have the the end scene with Luke at the Hill House uh getting ready to burn it down and uh and then he gets his head grabbed by I think Nell. It looks kind of like Nell, but it might be Abigail. Remember his uh his his um pretend friend from childhood? Um Um no, I mean Abigail was a little child. Okay. So, I don't so think it, it was her, Nell, I think. 
Yeah, probably it just didn't quite. It just didn't quite look like now. It kind of looked like now, but I think it might have been his mom. I can't remember. It's been it's been a couple of days since I've seen it. Yeah, I think it might have been his mom. In any or, event, or one of the old. It might have been Poppy. Poppy, the flapper ghost. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't her. It was a young a young woman ish. I think. Anyway, anyway, so that's how the episode ends and this was a this was a pretty sh- i think this is the shortest of all the episodes at something like 40 minutes so thank you for listening to our uh, after show of the haunting of hill house if we didn't sorry I, I just i just ruined it but we didn't mention what luke was doing there he was getting ready to burn it down he was getting ready to he did light the fire and it just went Woof. oh yeah it like he had poured out like five or ten gallons of gasoline all in the front room and up the stairs and stuff he lit it he actually lit it and it just had like a half-hearted blue fire and then immediately went out whoa i didn't catch that you didn't well i mean i watched this and i was so tired but (laughs) but to be honest with you um i do remember that from my first viewing yeah and that being impactful um wow yeah so the house has like uh like a built-in uh, fire prevention right. system. Yeah. A little suppression it system. It protects itself. You know, it's it's strange. You know, Mike Flanagan did Dr. Sleep. Right. After this. and Which has an ending. Well, uh, not too many spoilers for it, Dr. Sleep. I Great mean, movie. It's like literally the same concept of yeah, the, the, same of the Overlook. Of, of the Overlook eating people. Right. And eating souls. And like being predatory as a house. Yeah. In The Shining and Dr. Sleep. And the Hill House doing the exact same thing of it's it has a hunger and it eats people up and it has like powers to protect itself. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's true. Yeah, I I did kind of think about that a little bit um, because I was remembering how the ending of Dr. Sleep happened. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very similar to the ending of this. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, so thank you again for listening to our after show of The Haunting of Hill House. Um, make sure to subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. Make sure to share this with a friend if you like the show. And if you'd like to support us, you can do so by heading on over to our website, horrormovietalk.com, and clicking on either of the links at the top of the header. It says um, Patreon or buy stuff on Amazon. If you use that link to... Uh, to buy stuff on Amazon just takes you directly to Amazon. Everything you buy, uh, we get a little little bit of a kickback from that at no extra cost to you. And, of course, our Patreon has a bunch of extra content yep. for you to consume at your leisure. Uh, special thanks to Allen for the intro music. And if you'd like to share your opinions with the show, you can do so by calling us at our voicemail line at 682 253 Four four six eight. Thank you so much. Have a great day. We'll see you for episode nine. We love you very much. Bye bye. Bye. Have you actually seen rats?